0: Jess Corcoran
1: and I'm Laura McCann. Welcome to the Thriving While Nine to Five Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to episode three of the podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who's still tuning in. We've had loads of great feedback. Um, It's been really interesting to hear everyone's thoughts and opinions, so please keep that coming. So, Laura, kick us off for the week. What is your low and high being? So, I think
0: my low of this week is that, I don't know, like, I think I'm quite a sensitive person to other people's feelings, or not necessarily just other people's feelings, but, like, if there's bad stuff going on, I feel it. I don't know if that is fully empathetic or whatever like terminology you want to use around it but I think for me I do just feel quite like sensitive to it and this week I've just been really feeling that heaviness of just people not getting on and I think it is one of those where I try and be quite good with how much news I actually consume and also like the kinds of media that I'm consuming and stuff like that just purely for my own mental health. Like I don't ever want to be ignorant of what's going on in the world but it's miserable sometimes, well, a lot of the time. Um, so, yeah, I, I am quite good about it, but I think just the past couple of weeks, it's just starting to feel really heavy in terms of, do you know what? People really are getting more and more polarised, I feel, and it's just, ugh, it's one of those yeah. where you like, I want to go save the world, but I can't. And it's just, been that's been quite a, a brain tough one for me this week. But to be honest with you, like the way that I cope with that is actually my high of the week. So when I get really like down and out about stuff and I do just feel like I want to change the world but I can't. Um, I just, I, I love going for like a walk or a cycle or something. I love doing that anyway but like that's yes, my proper yes, I'm self-care kind of, you know, when I need to look after myself, what yeah. do I do? And I just go out in nature yeah. or I sit in a bath for yeah. an hour. Like, <laughs> or both, preferably. Um, so my high this week was I I bought a I bought a bike a couple of weeks ago, I think I mentioned. Um and I've been going out on the roads, um well just going out for a cycle and I've not really done that much before. Mm. Um because usually like I, I was close enough to a park that I'd just go on the park or something like that. Yeah. Um yeah. and I am near greenery here, but it's a little bit further away, so I've have to cycle to those bits and t- on Sunday this week, I tackled a big, massive hill. Amazing! I oh say, big, massive hill. It was like there was ice rain going in my eye. I was like, I'm going to die. It's not (laughs) going to be okay. And like my brakes were screeching, but I didn't really care because I was crying. Like, and then I did a roundabout and not just like come off at the first exit, stick with the car. I went to the third exit. I had to go all the way around, even though there were other vehicles that are bigger than me, because this is something that I get when I'm on a bike. It's like small engine syndrome. I, I don't have an engine and there's big things to do right next to me, <laughs> but we tackled it and we got through it yeah. and I'm really proud of myself.
1: Well done. And as we also said on the last episode, I can't even ride a bike, Laura, so, <laughs> you know, I tip me hat to, yeah, congratulations. Well done. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Can I also just say and really applaud you as well for your smooth transition there from low to high. It was... It was seamless, darling. Seamless.
0: Balance. Every single time you think it's shit, there will be something good involved too.
1: Yes, you've definitely got to find it at times like this, haven't you? 100%.
0: 100. And yeah, it's not about that toxic positivity either. Like, oh yeah, I that's mean, another subject, good. isn't We have it? to ignore the bad. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. There's, there's just always both going on. The world is grey. Enjoy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And what I've, something I've actually, I've witnessed a lot, especially this time round, is that people are struggling with their situation and then they say... But someone else has got it worse off than me. And then they move on. But it's like, no, you are allowed to feel them feelings. Someone is always going to have worse off. Someone's always going to have it better off. But if you deny your feelings, you're not, you know, that's not healthy. You need to allow yourself to feel a bit rubbish and then you can move on. But you can, you're allowed to be, feel bad about whatever your situation is.
0: Yeah, it's not a competition, but don't lose perspective.
1: That that's it. That's all. That's it. Two lines. Don't. That's drop. an Instagram quote there.
0: Sorted. Moving on from my high and low this week. Um, how's yours been, mate?
1: So my week's been, you know, it's all right. Like I feel like I'm flatlining. If you know what I mean. Like it is yeah. what it is. This is life. So my low really. Do you know what? Like, I just miss things. Like, I really miss things in a way that I didn't miss before. Like, as in, I just want to go to a coffee shop. The last time I sat in a coffee shop was the 14th of March last year. And I just really want to go to a coffee shop, or I want to get my nails done, or even... So we love going to a forest, which is about 40 minutes away from us. And obviously, we're supposed to stay local. So we'd have to drive there. So we're yeah. not even going there at the minute. And like you say, about nature and fresh air and all that, that's like one of my happy places. And yeah. we're going on the same walk all the time. And, you know, I really just want to go to a hotel, right? And, you know, when breakfast is like between like seven and nine, so you know you've got to get up early and you're tired, yeah. but you drag yourself out of bed, you throw like leggings on a top on you and brush, <laughs> and brush your teeth. And you go downstairs and you, like you walk through like the lobby and the coffee. The smell of ugh, I can like smell it now. The coffee like wafts in and like you get all the bakery goods and and then you go back to the room and then like the air conditioners on. The room's dead cold and oh just Love I it. just I just like I miss that. Yeah. I am really missing that in a way. I've not I've not missed things previously. But I'll turn it to a positive, like you said. <laughs> Um, my positive right, and this is quite—I feel like it's quite a big one—is that like I actually feel really chill about like life and the future at the moment, which is a which is really good because I feel like last time we had the podcast like two weeks ago, I was saying to you, Laura, like I don't know what my purpose is, and then we had a we had a, we had like a private call after the podcast call. <laughs> well, we stayed on the phone and I was like quizzing you for hours, um, and I think I've just like. I've come to the conclusion that I've basically been having a quarter-life crisis since I was 20. Like, I've spent the past five years, like, what's going on? What am I doing in my life? Ah, ah, like, blah! Like, literally, like, that all the time. And I don't know whether it's just a sad, it's just a part of, of getting older. Because I don't feel like this could have happened at any other point. I do feel like I've naturally come to this point in my life. Yeah. But I'm like, do you know what? I'm only 25. Like, really you need to chill out. And I'm like... I think what I've what what I felt like the first five years of my twenties have been have been like all the panic and none of the action and now I feel like less panic more action yeah do you know what I mean There was a quote actually I just found the quote quickly and um, that I saw the other day that I actually thought like no this is this is how I feel and it was. Um, work finally begins when the fear of doing nothing exceeds the fear of doing it badly. That's and that's great. how I feel, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's like, really bang on. I've just got to get on with stuff, so I'm trying to do more of, like, me Inspire project stuff, which, if anyone doesn't know, is, like, a website that I run for um, trying to empower women in their careers, that type of thing. But I'm just sort of, like, I've got my whole life to figure this, this, this world out, and I have honestly never felt like that before i feel like i've always been in a rush and a and a place to get to the next thing do the next thing and i mean this in a i mean this in a work sense not probably in a personal sense um because i know people think oh she got married when she was 23 oh like that's not included that's not related um but like i've always been striving for the next thing what what's like life gonna look you know but i'm just chill I've, I've really took a chill pill and honestly I feel like I'm floating and I'm doing the stuff that I want to do, but I'm not letting it get me down. And I'm just like, I don't know what's given me that. Maybe it was our call last week and the past, the two weeks that I've had since to reflect, but I'm just feel I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm so happy for
0: you. Thank I'm you. so proud of you that you've like got to that place because yeah. it is the place. And I think like a lot of it is to do with, you know, like mental health massively plays into Mm -hmm. it anxiety all that kind of stuff when as well you know up until about 23 everybody does things on a school year Mm -hmm. if you think about it Mm -hmm. because a lot of people will you know will go from school at four right up until you then you hit in 21 and that sort of thing where people start graduating uni and you deviated from that a bit I definitely went through the same thing and you kind of I sat there at 24 and I was like my, my years since I was yeah. born, pretty much, because I went to nursery when I was seven months old because my mum and dad were full-time teachers.
1: Oh, so- I was six months, girl, but yeah. I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. But my yeah, mum and exactly. dad loved me
0: for a whole month
1: longer than yours did. For <laughs> <But> you man. <win.
0: laughs> but like, it is that thing of, you know, my, my life would start in September every yeah, year. exactly. For nearly exactly, a quarter yeah. of a century. And then you just suddenly sat there and it's it can be overwhelming and because like there is so much going on, there is too much going on, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, what do mm-hmm. I do? How do I do it? Who the fuck am I? Yeah. Exactly. And actually what you kinda of, you do need to do that thing of just go, do you know what? What is there to be afraid of? Yeah. Like the worst thing that's ever gonna happen to you in the world is that you die and you're gonna do that anyway.
1: Exactly. And I think the worst thing that you're gonna do is not do anything at all. And exactly. let the fear stop you from doing it because otherwise all you're going to do is look back and think why didn't I do it and sometimes I think and don't mean this in an offensive way but there are people out there maybe doing in the career that you want to be in or the thing that you want to be doing and you know what they might be less talented than you you might have so many more qualifications and so much more experience but you know what they've got less fear and that's why they're out there doing the thing that they're doing and that's why you're not yeah. Because of that
0: fear. And as well, I think it's all to do with, like, timing of life and stuff too. Mm. Because absolutely, there are moments where I, I look back and hindsight is twenty twenty, and you cringe so hard and you go, oh my goodness, why did I do it like that back then? And like, yeah. that then gives you fear for the future because you know what you're capable of in mm. an embarrassing way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but I did my best at the time. Exactly. This is a new time. If this wasn't a new time, I wouldn't have grown as a person. And yeah. what is the point of me doing anything if I'm not going to develop?
1: Exactly. Or could we just stay stunted forever then?
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is pointless. Okay, so, on a joint thing, and this goes back to our, our initial quote that we had in the, in the first episode, we are going to get out of our own way. Yeah. And rule the world. I'm g- I- <laughs>
1: this year since we did this i am getting out my own way i i am doing it and it you know what it's bloody brilliant and i don't know laura whether i would have done that without us having these conversations so we're only episode three but like it's been it's been the biggest change to my year so you know thanks everyone for listening but this is basically just like a personal pep talk between me and laura <laughs> it doesn't we love matter if you're you board,
0: but like we're here to encourage each other, so either yeah. we get involved or we're still gonna
1: go. Yeah, basically, <laughs> no one will be listening, but we'll be here. And yeah, honestly, <laughs> it's making a difference to my life in a real, genuine way, and I can't thank you enough, Laura, for agreeing to do the podcast with me. Cheesy! i hate being sincere sorry
0: <laughs> but no i feel exactly the same way like and as well hearing from other people that they're like oh yeah it makes sense it sounds like you're just having a chat with us like yeah, we are achieving that. what we set out to with this yeah. and it's just so nice to feel that sense of community and that sense of genuine friendship and support when we are not allowed to see each other and yeah. the world is you know falling apart a little bit so yeah
1: we're putting it back together, aren't we, Laura? We're putting yeah, it back together.
0: Obviously. We're, do
1: you podcast know,
0: we're not putting
1: it back tonight. together,
0: Jess. Go on. We're sticking some stuff in the shredder. <laughs> hey, look at that! Look <laughs>
1: at that Straight in! Why do I sound like what's what, it called? Like a football commentator. <laughs> and Laura shoots the goal. She scores.
0: <laughs> back in the net. <laughs> so go on. What are you sticking in the shredder this week? What do you want to shred out of the workplace?
1: So what I want to shred out is actually quite a bit of more of a serious topic now. So what I'm I am gonna um I am gonna reference sexual assault here. That's not what I'm discussing directly, but I do want to let anyone know that that is what I'm that is related to the topic I'm going to talk about for a few minutes. So um, if that's not something you you want to listen to, that's not um right for you at the moment. Please skip on, and I'll put in the notes where we finished talking about it and Laura starts talking about her topic so you can skip directly to that if this is not, not the time and place to be talking about that for you. Um so yeah what I want to talk about really and it's funny because when I was thinking about what I can talk about last week I was thinking do you know what I've just got no ideas, nothing and then the past few days I've had like 15 different ideas of things that I want to put in the shredder and so I've had to sort of I've had to sort of stick stick to this one really. Um, so what it is is misuse of power and that's quite a big one but where it's come from really is I'm currently reading a book called She Says by Jodie Cantor and Megan and I think it's Twohy and they were the two New York Times journalists that published the article about Harvey Weinstein and everything that happened from that um, and in that it you know the book's talking about um the accounts of women that have sort of had you know being sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein or you know just inappropriate behaviour that type of thing and reading it what it made me realise was there's been a few occasions in my career to date where there have been certain people that have misused their power and I don't mean it in in the sexual assault way that Harvey Weinstein's talked about not, not not that seriousness but you know, back to what you were just saying about, you know, education, as kids, you know, you hope your parents have your best interest at heart, so you listen to them, they're the authoritative figures in your life, you go to school, you're told to listen to your teachers, your teachers hopefully have your best interest at heart, so you do what your teachers tell you to do, and then obviously, I sort of skipped that middle ground of maybe having a bit more freedom, as you might in college or university or whatever, and then I moved straight into the workplace, and when you've only ever been told to trust the figures in your life that are authoritative why would you why would you feel comfortable speaking up in a workplace situation even if your gut tells you that something doesn't feel right because you're just told to follow the authoritative figure and what they what they do is right because if that's what your parents do and that's what your teachers do why would why would people in the workplace be any different so I've been thinking a lot about that and there's definitely occasions where people have misused their power for their own benefit or gain in some way in the workplace. And it's a massive issue and I can't just say, let's put her in the shredder and it'll go away because obviously it doesn't. But it's made me realise and reflect now that there's definitely been situations that I felt uncomfortable in. And I knew that they weren't right, but I felt compromised to... Um, to do that, and there's there's a line in the book I've not got it highlighted. I can't quote directly, but basically, the women that um worked for Harvey Weinstein, they were doing what they felt they needed to do to to stay in that job, to keep that position. That was what they wanted, and they had to say they had to stay silent for that because they didn't know. They didn't know that they could speak out or didn't feel that they were able to speak out. So obviously this is quite a serious topic and I'm not trying to trivialise it in any way by putting it in the shredder, but I just think maybe it's more one for this week to be aware of and to consider, you know, you you can speak up and to question authority. If you you feel something in your gut isn't right, even if it's the tiniest thing, I think it's about integrity, isn't it? I've had situations where... um, people have asked me to say something in an email or you know twist something or or alter the truth slightly in order in order mm-hmm. to get uh the right results and i will not do i will not compromise my integrity in any way now i i, I mean i wouldn't because that is not who i am and i won't go about in, in any workplace now being less than my authentic self in that respect that's i won't compromise my morals Good. but there's definitely times in the past where i felt i've I've had to 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 some extent because well people have made me think that there was any other way to do that because the people in charge have willfully misused their power. Yeah. So a bit of a deep one there but that's what I want to put in the shred of this. No week. I
0: think no it need, it definitely needs to go in on all of the levels. What strikes me I think most with stuff like that is how personally and how sensitive some people can be to work Mm -hmm. so like if you're going to the extent of like manipulating your role in a business to get what you want if you're going to the extent of basically abusing people to get what you want if you're going to the extent of you know encouraging lies and mistruths to get what you want you sound like a brat to be Mm -hmm. honest as, as you know, as basic as that is, like even in the realms of like Harvey Weinstein and all that kind of stuff, if you've got to lug around that much pr- that much power and you have to manipulate people to get anything that you consider nice and you know what you're after in the world, you're probably one of the most insecure people with the most sensitive egos that anybody can imagine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just think it's that whole thing of. Trying to get comfortable with with kind with recognizing that. So mm-hmm. just because they're the loudest person in the room, it doesn't mean they're the cleverest. No. It doesn't mean that they are actually the most secure. It doesn't mean that they are the most confident. In fact, it could probably mean the exact opposite of all yeah. three of those things, and that's why they're shouting. Like, I mean, I say this as somebody's probably listening to this and going, Laura, you're dead confident, and you're loud. They're like, i'm um, scouts all right yeah we, me that, too we it don't know what that spells are like this no. is just how we talk but but you know it, it, it is it is that thing of you know I it th- was it michelle obama who was like oh i used to be really intimidated walking into a room of like loads of um men oh, yes, and, dignitaries yes, yes. and stuff and then i got over it because you realize how many of them don't actually know what they're talking about
1: yeah they're not that clever yeah
0: yeah exactly i mean donald trump was a president. Oh, At what I point know. did he make a whole sentence with all the syllables making sense in it? I don't think he did.
1: No, exactly. And I've got well better um, speech delivery than Boris Johnson. So, I mean, most of the population probably have too. <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly. So all these things, they don't, they don't mean, they don't mean much really, do they?
0: No, exactly. They don't. So yeah, no, I think that's a great thing to go in. I think it is definitely a thing of... Having respect for yourself and having security in yourself, and don't be terrified of the word no. Like yeah, it no is the complete sentence. Absolutely, if you want to justify it and explain it, or somebody says I don't understand your mind, answer it, go for it. Always have a reason behind it. But if you say no, that's okay. Um, but on just to do me public service announcement a little bit. Anybody who has been in a situation, yes. and whether it's gone as bad as Harvey Weinstein and his sexual assault and all those sorts of things, um, speaking very much from the heart on this one, if you're a victim, then you're a victim. And that's, it's not okay. But it's okay that that's not okay. Like, don't be sat yeah. here thinking, oh my goodness, you're telling me that I can go and say no, I should have done. Yes. You did what you did in the moment when you were being hurt. That's, that's it it's 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 on them the bad stuff on you absolutely not it's just a it's just that thing of as we chat through this and all those sorts of things these things go on be aware of it and just try and get yourself in your mindset of i can own this situation and i can do my best in it and come away from anything that you've done knowing that you've done that and anything bad that has gone on that's the result of the bad person. It's not you. Yeah,
1: it's nothing to do with you exactly. And we will put some um, information and links to relevant charities and useful places to seek help if anyone feels after this conversation they need to look into that. Um, and if anyone wants to, you know, we're not we're not therapists. We're not trained. But if anyone does want a, a chat for whatever reason you know mine and laura's dms are open so you are more than welcome to come and have a chat with us but if you do need help please reach out to a trained professional the note that there'll be links in the note section so yeah laura i hope i hope yours is maybe on a on a slightly lighter note
0: well i think we need to go in the shredder are those meetings that could have been an email like people don't seem to understand this like if they put a meeting in my diary and there isn't, like, a proper reasoning behind it. And the reason could literally be, it's easier to talk about this in person than it is whatever. That's fine. Yeah, okay, yeah. we'll agree that together, and it's okay. But, it where like, I've had it before, where someone will put an email, like, put a meeting in and say, I'm going to tell you about ABC. And I read it and go... Just send me the PowerPoint, Yeah, like, tell me about ABC. I don't have a D, E, or an F to return with. So this is, therefore, yeah. a one-way conversation. A one-way conversation is a presentation. A, what, a presentation, if you don't want to do it face-to-face, because, no, is an email that I will reply to and say, thanks for informing me. If my answer to your meeting is going to be, thanks for informing me, it's not a meeting. And I do think it's a respect of people's time thing. Though. So going a little bit back to that, like, use of power or whatever... You know, I absolutely, Mm -hmm. if someone put a meeting in my diary when I first started my job, I'd be like, I'll be there, I'll move, whatever I was going to do, don't even worry about it, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. And people generally would have manners and be like, oh, is this interrupting you? Because, like, so in my job, I do a lot of research and a lot of learning and a lot of creating. So actually, having even a five-minute call can be quite disruptive. Like, to me, to get Mm -hmm. my job done, I need, like, a good hour or a good couple of hours to just sit down and crack on. And so many people would be really polite about it and just, like, have you got a minute? And the invitation was there for me to say no. But I was like, oh, no, I have to, because you've asked. Like, you've got to. No, it's fine. Whereas now, I'm like, oh, me and my boundaries, honestly, like...
1: <laughs> Go for it, girl. <laughs> Good on you. Know, Good on you. Okay? <laughs> Go
0: on. I don't want to talk to anyone.
1: Good. <laughs> Do you know, you know what annoys me on that note, right? This is on the same train of thought, right? People... That put meetings in a diary, right? And they don't put an agenda or any information. And you don't know who they are. And they put a meeting in media. Or you've met them, like, once. And I'm like, what do you want from me? Like, I, what, I, I, do you want me to come with any information? Like, give me the dates? Yeah. Like, what? Uh, 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 like, um, like, you're asking uh,
0: for the right reasons. Because you want to go and be helpful and have the right information with you. And just... It's just setting expectations, I think, is the thing as well, isn't it? Like, just let us know what we're going to get out of this. And amazing. We can crack on. But if you're just like, oh, hey, let's see what happens. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like... Do you know what? I will go with the flow most of the time. But between 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, I will not go with the flow. I've got things to do. (laughs)
1: Exactly. We've only got so many hours on the day. And especially during, you know, especially now, like people are juggling so many different priorities with life, home life. And that time that we've got to actually do our job is precious. And the amount of times we're in meetings, that takes away from the job. So if you're putting a meeting in with me or Laura, you want to tell us what it's about. And it needs to be relevant. Is that right? Are we saying yeah, that? Great. That's what we're saying. But no offence so. to anyone that's ever put in a, a meeting in with me with, um, <laughs> with, no, with no agenda. So guys, it's all okay. I don't mind. I'll come anyway. <laughs> get bu- out of your own way Jess, protect your time. I'm such a pushover, Laura. I'm such a pushover. I'm like the world's biggest people pleaser. Oh. Well, they're going in the shredder. Maybe we should get a shredder noise. <laughs>
0: what it sounds like now we're gonna move on to this week's article and kind of like topic that we want to cover so i actually found this because i sent it over to jess as an idea um it was a couple of bits so i saw an article on linkedin and i also saw a um a tweet and the tweet was actually a picture of a black woman who had her hair out in, like, cornrow braids, um, and she was at work. And the way she captioned it was um, something like, felt brave enough to wear my hair like this to work. And then somebody quote tweeted that and said, oh, my goodness, that you had to feel brave mm-hmm. to wear your hair naturally. And, I mean, so Jess and I, for those of you who don't know, we're both white women. Yeah. So that's not something that we've ever no. come across directly. And kind of because of that, I want to toe the line and just sort of say, that really spoke to me. I learned something from it. Yeah. But we can't talk about it no. too much more than that because it's not our story to tell. Um, but yeah, it's just shocking. So I think from that, we kind of have had a discussion, you know, how to think ourselves and had chats with like, other people. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who's contributed. Um, Just about what we think of of appearance in general in the workplace and I think definitely like as working from home has become a thing we've kind of blurred the lines a little bit maybe and blurred the standards so I don't know Jess do you want to kick off with some of the things that people have been saying to you this week and
1: yeah yeah so yeah I've had a few conversations with people this week and um, everyone that I've spoken to has brought a different perspective to the idea of workplace appearance and the way I just framed it to them to them was you know when i say that phrase appearance in the workplace what comes to mind when you think of that um and one thing that was quite common that came up actually is um and you know i know we've got 11% of our audience is male um so one i'm going to say i wouldn't say not that that would change what i was going to say um, but one a topic that came up in you know two people that i spoke to was basically um the seemingly seems to be a workplace hazard of having boobs right Okay. Yeah. So one scenario was that they were in a meeting once, they had a normal top on, and someone sat across the meeting room from them and were quite visibly on their phone. And they believed taking a picture of. um, Yeah. 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 Another one. was in a meeting male male they were this is a female talking to they were um in a meeting with a male male senior and they had a bit of an unfortunate incident with the top that they were wearing and um the boob would come out and obviously the male didn't feel comfortable to tell the woman that That the boob was on show so um Again, that was another point raised of like, that is just a, it's a fact of life. Why is that uh, an issue? Why women's boobs seem to be such an issue to men to, to either be ogling, or to not then not tell someone and sort of protect their privacy and, and, you know, keep them comfortable type of thing. and
0: Yeah, to be fair, the amount of, like, nipples you see in the summer when men were like, coloured shirts. Exactly, exactly. Like, I'm sorry they don't feed children
1: and we have to, like, cover that up when they do, but... I know, exactly. exactly. so So they, they were just some of the things. And then another thing someone mentioned was that they worked in quite a casual office. Um, mm-hmm. And then they got a change of role, and that role was then um, to be a PA. And everyone in the office was suddenly, like oh you're gonna start wearing skirts you know like and heels and you know all that because they were a PA and the assumption obviously a woman being a PA was that was how she had to dress even though the dress code in the workplace was casual so again that brought up the conversation between us like why does that still exist that you know that expectation that that's what you should be wearing that type of thing so um they they were some of the thoughts of people that I've spoken to so um I'll tell you I'll tell you how I personally feel in a minute, but what have people been saying to you? So yeah, mine was quite
0: interesting. A lot of people kind of went straight down the route of um and I'm gonna actually quote specifically what someone mm-hmm. said to me, just because she put it in a very her way yeah. and it was absolutely bang on. Um and she went, My tattoos, brackets, even the shit ones, <laughs> do <you> not know... <laughs> she's got some crackers. <laughs> um do not impact my ability to do my job, so why should they matter to others? Mm-hmm. And I think that was that was a lot of what came across with most people that I spoke to. Mm-hmm. Um, like another person I was talking to, we were saying about, um, obviously, if you went and got a tattoo, you know, tattoos like free speech. Mm-hmm. You're entitled to it yeah, and you can have it, yeah. but you've got to understand there might be repercussions to it. So if, for example, you went and got like UK's number one nonce tattoos on your forehead... <laughs> You're probs not gonna get a job in a school, and you shouldn't get a job in a school, should you? Like, no, or within a hundred miles of a school. Um, <laughs> that's fine. But it's so it's it's that, it's that kind of thing of like, and you know, most of us and most others were saying we should really be looking at like we're individual people. Mm-hmm. Um. So why would you hide your individuality? Like, it's it it really boils down to if you're getting your job done you're not offending anybody in the way that you're appearing, then so be it. That's that's, that's it. But then it was interesting because I spoke to another of my friends and her background is in, like, frontline work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually related to what she was saying based on my experiences when I was a special constable. And it is that thing of, so if you're a police officer, um, and I'm sure it, it wouldn't be too dissimilar for, like, nurse or something yeah, yeah. like that. you are quite often dealing with people in emergency situations and when you turn up in an emergency situation you just need to be recognized as that moment of authority Mm -hmm. and you're the person that people need to listen to because you've got the ability and the training and the power to take control of the situation and make it better Mm -hmm. like that's it and it can absolutely you know it's it was something I definitely felt. So I'm five foot six. I'm not exactly short.
1: Are you five um, foot six, yeah? I didn't know at all you may, but good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when you buy me a custom made floor length dress.
0: <laughs> next <laughs> five foot six. So yeah, I'm five which is I think is pretty much average height. Um, and I'm not like in terms of build and stuff, you know, I'm not a twig. But I'm still not, I'm never going to be the tallest person in the room Mm. and things like that. So, you know, I had it as a special, like, if you're on a Friday night in a city centre and I would be looking up to people to tell them off Mm. and they're already looking down on me. Yeah, yeah. Is it actually going to help if I then have bubblegum pink hair?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's that sort of, because it is that thing of, you know, we're individuals. And I think me personally, I'm like... I kind of want us to overcome the whole idea yeah. of being a professional and what a professional means. Because do you know what you are? You're a person and you're doing a job. Yeah. As, as long as you're doing it well, you're not being a dick.
1: Fine. Exactly. But
0: I, I I completely do see that side of, you know, for example, if a parent had a, had a fall or, like, a grandparent or something had a fall, you ring an ambulance and somebody turns up and they've got their eyeballs tattooed and they've got piercings all over like... It is just, it's in that moment Mm -hmm. of fear where every single piece of rationale goes out the window and you just want to see that person who's going to make it better. And that doesn't mean you should look like a Kerber. So yeah, I think, I think that's my kind of balance on it is like, like being in the office, I quite enjoy dressing for my environment Mm. is what it is. I quite like putting a skirt on and I don't mind wearing heels and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> hey but well to be fair it's also a thing of given my body shape if i wore something that wasn't relatively fitted i'd just walk around looking like a an oblong
1: yeah like a sack of potatoes
0: literally like it'd just go out so far drop straight down and it's like i don't feel nice in that if i don't feel nice yeah. i'm not gonna act right in it like it's not about what other people see no. it's how i feel
1: a hundred billion million percent on that definitely
0: exactly so but then it's funny because i'm like that and whereas as soon as i'm now working from home it definitely is a thing of like oh well in the office that's how i like to dress mm. but in my own house as much as i'm doing the same tasks mm-hmm. like i mean i put jeans on to go to the dentist at lunchtime right oh, so that,
1: that's big that lot of jeans
0: i put leggings straight oh. on before i started work again yeah. because you know what i was not staying in jeans all afternoon
1: I don't know how we, we did that. And I know people joke, but I genuinely... This is being serious. Baffled. Why did we sit uncomfortable for years? Why? Why? Also,
0: I wear a sports bra every day.
1: Good on you, girl. I'm the same as you Like you say about wearing a skirt. Like, I wear a shirt. That's how I feel, like, I'm working. That, yeah. that, that's it for me. And, yeah, like, I still put a shirt on most days. Because I don't feel like I don't feel like when I've got a hoodie on that I can concentrate on work. It's very strange, but, but no, I totally. need to put that shirt on. And I wore this hoodie that I've gotten now today only because I had no video I was supposed to have no video calls this morning, and um I was running at lunch. So I I still got a shower, but I just put like scruff on. And I thought I get changed after lunch after I've, I've done the yeah. run, and then I had a surprise video call, and I felt like a proper scruff because I had a hoodie on, um but yeah, you are right, the lines have definitely Um, I think for me, in terms of appearance, I think it's one of them, isn't it, because whether you like it or not, like, you do get judged for it, you know, it's unconscious bias, we all, we all make assumptions about people, and whether they are true or not, we still make them assumptions, and you know, obviously, we all need to get better at recognising our bias, and you know all that type of thing, but that doesn't mean that we're gonna stop doing it. We just have to be aware of it because that's yeah. how we're trained to be. I think I think for me, really, I I struggle with appearance in the workplace quite a lot because I don't really know how to say this, but basically, I'm very I'm very insecure about my weight and particularly my stomach and my chin. I is something that I have always been insecure about like always, I wrote a piece on it last year on my website, um, and I let my appearance in the workplace, again, going back to get out your own way, I put that in my own way, I I do it all the time, you know, I, I don't like being on video calls, as I've said before, because like, I hate looking at my chin, I won't go on camera unless... I've either got like you know I feel like I look semi okay or I know yeah. like I'm com- I'm comfortable with the people and you know the regular people I speak to and they see me day in day out, mm-hmm. but when I was in the office, every meeting I will go into, and I, I've spoke I've heard this from people who are um, bigger as well, um, so I would class myself as plus size I'm a size sixteen, um, so I go every meeting I go into. I, like my whole career I have automatically looked around and assessed whether I am the biggest person in the room I do it I, I've always done it like it's just so I let my appearance in the workplace put me off and all I do is I look at everybody else who's in that meeting and I think look how lovely and you know slim they are and there's more to life than being slim I know that like there is more to life but I I am constantly letting my like my belly get in the way of so much, and it sounds silly, but it's not like that's. So yeah. If I sh- it affects
0: you. It affects you. Like it's yeah. not. A, you know, it's it's not about being silly or whatever. It's just. I personally find that a massive shame for you because knowing you, I never once look at you and go, and that's what I
1: like notice or anything I know, about you. Like I know it's just what you see. It's you know yeah. what's funny because I I think this too, like so I've got like I've got chunky thighs, right, right do you know what just, lives. exactly but they're just legs I'm not bothered yeah. I'm not bothered about them but I've been given a complex with my stomach and it's just something that I, I, I'm, I'm dealing with and um, and yet people people I'm sure people would never look at me and go or, you know, sometimes if I'm like, if I've got like a side profile going on in a meeting, no one's looking at me and thinking, oh my gosh, look at her hair double chin. They're literally probably just thinking, yeah. oh, doesn't her hair look nice? Or, oh, I like that shirt that she's wearing. Or they're thinking about themselves. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's that. And I know that. Like, I I know that. But still, I let my own feelings about how I compare to other people's appearances in the workplace affect me. And, you know, talking about like dressing and feeling comfortable and like you feel better when you, you dress better. Like, yeah. I think because I've got such deep like rooted issues to do with my weight and how I feel about myself I've I've sort of like not dressed for myself particularly these past few years because I don't know I just feel like because you don't feel comfortable in your body you don't necessarily then want to wear bright colours and bright clothes and I got into the habit of like in my current role I pretty much wear like jeans and like a long shirt over the top whereas like I love wearing like bright colours nice dresses mm-hmm. like big skirts and that type of thing and I think I just got into the habit of like trying to hide my body but like I've bought loads of new dresses by the way right Yay! and like when we go but I, this is this is what I was talking about earlier where I feel like I'm just kind of like I'm becoming more chill and I just feel like I feel like I'm just this sounds so cliche but I feel like I'm bec- I am I am not grow i'm not growing up because i've i've been like mature since i was about 10 um but like i am growing into the person that i've always been all along i just needed Yay. that bit of time to like to to see here like to to 100%. feel to, to step in to step into that if that makes sense yeah um so i've got loads of new dresses and i think i've just realized like you know this is a again maybe this is a little bit off topic but you know what i realized is that whenever you feel like you know, you've got that thing and you're like, should I wash my hair or should I leave it another day, right? I know for me, the answer now is always wash your hair, Jess, because I always feel better when I've got my hair fresh and feel a bit better. And obviously, I know everyone has times when they look in the mirror and they go, oh, my gosh, I look disgusting. I know everyone goes through that, but I'm just trying to do everything I can to make myself always feel slightly okay because then I'll always feel more confident. So that was probably a really long one. Um. No, but that's,
0: oh, yeah. I think that's bang on. And I think, like, a lot of people would resonate with that as well. Like, it is definitely that thing of of focusing on yourself more. And, you know, it, it's not selfish to take care of yourself and to be connected to yourself. Like, as you've just said, do you know what? I have, so I'm a lot better now. But particularly, like, when my anxiety was really bad, like, mm-hmm. before I did CBT and stuff. What would set me off was giving presentations. Mm. Now, I am not shy. As soon as you start, to to be fair, you need to start talking to me. I'm not necessarily great at the initial hello, Mm. but like, as soon as you start talking to me, it's, you know we're gone you want me to shut up again like (laughs) and you know (laughs) you know me in school like i'll happily debate across across the classroom oh
1: we had a good debate Uh, we had a great time um
0: you know i would do i'd do presentations like you know my mom tells a story i think when i was like four and i did about in reception and i did a bible reading in assembly so they let her come in and see it And she was like, oh yeah, I'll just go to ask work if I can go a bit late. It's so great that you've asked her. And the teacher was just like, to be honest, she's the only one who wasn't wet herself while she was doing it. Um, (laughs) So like stuff like that, I've never, I've always been happy to like Mm. perform and those sorts of things and like have a chat with people and whatever. But one of the ways that my anxiety came out really, really bad was in presenting. And what I found myself doing was that kind of like power dressing, Mm. I suppose. And it is that thing of, do you know what, when I felt like absolute crap and like completely inauthentic because I was going in and I was doing my presentations and I was chatting to people and I was being confident even Mm. though I felt like a pile of shite. Mm. But you know what, I had a really good dress on.
1: And it made you feel better. And
0: I was like, I can take on that. Like, I I have the, yeah, I, if you, if you if you got to know me well enough in the office, you would notice the days that I have presentations oh, on oh, by insane. the outfits that I yes, wore. And yes. the, do you know the funny thing is, though? I say all this about my clothing, right? And, like, my hair, absolutely. If it, even if it was, like, scraped back and washed it, it'd still be a nice pony and stuff.
1: Mm.
0: I don't wear makeup. I wear mascara and moisturiser. But that's it. Mm. Which, you know, some people, they do, like, their water paint stuff. Whereas for some reason, I don't know what it is, I've just never got into it. I would just, I'd rather spend that time on my clothes.
1: Yeah, and I think for me, again, this is back to my insecurity, but sometimes when I put makeup on, because I look like this and, I like, no one can see me, but because I look like this with no makeup on 95% of the time, when I put makeup on, I'm like, who is this person? Like, I don't really yeah. recognise myself. And I'm just like, this isn't me. And I had the same thing. So, like, I would go into work sometimes and I'd have, like, a full face of makeup on on me hair, do and blah, blah, blah. And someone would be like, where are you going tonight? And because uh, like, yeah. people... Yeah, because people knew that, like, I didn't dress like that every day. But, yeah, if you give me, like, a bit of Mac either Lady Danger or Ruby Will, like, girl, I am a different person. I'm surprised <laughs> I'm not doing the podcast with the lipstick on, you know, just to, like, make me feel extra, extra fab. But, yeah, definitely. I definitely get that.
0: So, yeah, I think we all just need to move to a place of seeing people for who they are, embracing mm-hmm. them for who they are. And ultimately, just get to know yourself and show up as that person every day. Yeah. And we're all
1: on board. Yeah, and if you don't feel like you can be yourself in the workplace in that way, then you can find a new workplace where you can feel you can be yourself.
0: 100%.
1: Which, actually, another very
0: great one is. Um, <laughs> You're so, my so question... good at this, Laura. <laughs> I know, it's like we've done it before. Um, so my question, actually, for you this week was... If you lost your job today So right We've decided You workplace. place This is all hypothetical Jess yeah. is manager Don't worry about it Jess You're out You're gone You're sacked Okay
1: I'm sacked I'm, an and I'm not being made redundant Cheer.
0: No Faith I needed to know Because so I need <laughs> hypothetical needs here um
1: okay yeah but there's different i've got a different response uh, if I was okay. being made redundant, obviously no you're sacked i'm, I'm gonna go
0: really weapon. tough on this
1: aren't you? i'm sacked you're out
0: okay um, like yeah if you lost your job today what would you do tomorrow
1: um see so i thought about this and now i've forgotten so because i'm like a stress set. um i've got three months worth of um mortgage and life expenses in the bank account that I will literally uh, never touch ever because I can't do that because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just who I am um so I've got that so I, I I'll be covered for 3 months obviously if I needed to I would take a mortgage extension sorry this is very practical but the reality is if I lost my job tomorrow without that money we wouldn't be able to pay the bills so things would be tough so what would to do um probably sell some stuff maybe sell some pictures of (laughs) me
0: i'll take your socks as long as you've had them on the treadmill that's fine
1: yeah that's fine i can do your special (laughs) order today laura i get on treadmill now 50 pounds a sock that's fine i can do that anything anything you require um no honestly yeah on a more serious note i would probably if we were in the current time now coronavirus whatever i would try and get a job straight away that was just you know minimum wage or whatever that was working somewhere that was you know helping the fight against us in some way whether that's track and trace or vaccine rollout etc or in one of the supermarkets i would get a job like that and then probably on the side i would just try and utilize some of the existing skills that i've got maybe try and do a bit of freelance work that type of thing and just sort of figure it all out but i wouldn't have the luxury of I would have to act tomorrow. Do you know yeah. do you know what I mean? i it's a it's a it's a scary thing to think about and I think it's something that we potentially don't talk about a lot is and obviously um if anyone does my husband does edit this podcast for us so he, he listens to us I've got you'll have no problems with me saying this, but I, I earn more money than him. I I I'm the breadwinner or however you want to call it in the household. So my salary makes the difference and I don't think we talk about yeah. that a lot. There's still so much you know, yeah, women can go out and, you know, earn more money, blah, blah, blah. But I think there's still so much expectation of, like, that men still earn more money. And they probably do in some cases, but not in all. And I think, it, it, again, it goes into people who, um, you know, people who take maternity leave. Like, maternity pay is nothing. I've known so many friends who get barely any money or they get it for the first few months and then they get nothing. And we don't talk about the fact enough about, like, women's pay in real terms. Um. Which again is is another point. But if I lost my job tomorrow, it would be it would be tough. But I'd, I've got three months. I've got three months' money, so I'd hope that by the end of the three months' money, that I'd have found another job. But I just kind of work as hard as I can to get a, to to be financially stable again, and just yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. It's not very good outcome. It's not very good no, answer. It is. Is like it? I
0: think it's, it's no. You are right. Like we don't we don't really talk about it enough, which is kind of why I came up with it. I was like, because it, it's one of those things where, to be honest, like if I if this had been normal times and I lost my job tomorrow, I'd go straight down to local restaurants and bars and say I can talk yeah. to people it'll be okay um i've got a bit of experience in customer service anyway and all that kind of stuff and you just can't do that so i think actually hearing you and like that practical side of it and like almost like encouragement of there is always a way that you can try that's
1: pretty cool man thanks for sharing okay great anytime yeah i do feel like that was a boring answer but it's like when you know when people say what would you do if you won the lottery and I'm always like, well, i pay off the mortgage yeah. first. And then I would do that. And people are like, what about like your wildest dreams? And maybe my wildest dream is to be comfortable. Yeah. But also, like the people who aren't that practical about it are the
0: ones who end up poorer than they were before they won the lottery within six months of winning it.
1: So money management is not a bad thing. The lottery for this week is £100 million. Mm. Right, on Friday. Oh, so it'll have been gone by now. By the time people listen to this, um, if I won £100 million, I would still worry about, like, not having the money. I would still meticulously plan how to spend that yeah. £100 million. Like, th- it's just who I am. It's just who I am. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's who I am. You're either that person or you're not, and I'm that person. Sensible Sally. But... <laughs> so, my question for you, Laura, is... How good are you at accepting professional compliments? So when someone says, like, really sincerely, Laura, I just wanted to say that presentation you did, that was great. That piece of work was excellent. Your insight was so amazing. I really thought it was it was so good, the, the level of detail. And, you know, I, I can't even give you any tips to improve on because it was just excellent and you've got so much potential and you, you're wonderful and you're a great asset to the team like how does that make you feel how do you deal I mean with
0: that? I was cringing as you were saying that as a fake thing do you know what it is and it is it's such like a it's a proper thing you've got to, to be worked on for me definitely I am getting better at it but genuinely like so it's really weird right I have this thing where if anyone sends me a nice email or like they'll say thank you or good job or whatever I've got a folder for it in my inbox and particularly if I'm having a bad day or something I go back to it so I know like I really do take those compliments and you know all
1: that. they mean a lot
0: don't yeah like they do mean a lot and I hold on to them and it matters but like in the moment of receiving it I'm just like thanks we'll move on like someone wished me happy birthday from work like or like a belated happy birthday even and i was like thanks that's that's really nice like
1: i've had it where so it wasn't your birthday recently was it and i've lost a nah, happy birthday this is like april don't worry about um, it okay i'm just checking, i'm just <laughs> checking. just checking. <laughs> I was like,
0: okay. um but like do you know what i'm really bad for as well It's like if someone like gives me a compliment and then like you're supposed to just move on if I've got a story, I'll just then tell the story to, like, move away from the nice moment. So, like, when I've been, I've, like, with my full, fr- so, I got a full fringe right before lockdown. And, because mm. obviously we didn't know lockdown was going to happen, because why would you ever get a full fringe if you're not going to see a hairdresser for two years? Um, Exactly. So, we did. And I've been maintaining it myself. And maintaining it myself means that about one week of the month, I can wear it out after that <laughs> i've either cut it too short or it's a bit too long and oh I'm yeah dealing with very well. i've cut
1: my fringe too short there's no coming exactly. back exactly you got gotta let like back it here. skims the eyebrows um yeah
0: so i'll wear it out but obviously like it is a bit of a different thing so people notice it on video calls and they'll be like oh your hair oh, looks nicer if yeah. you had it cut and i immediately launch into the story i've just told you rather yeah, than yeah. just go thanks and then like Move on, or but this thing though, even in just talking hypothetically to you, I can't move on. I'm like, Thanks. yeah, like, <laughs> like yeah. what do we do next? Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm absolutely terrible for it. Um, but it's definitely something that I'm working on, and I think it, it is just that thing of it's just getting comfortable with it because, and it's also being like, well, do you know what? Yeah, I'm really grateful that I work with people that. Not only notice when things go well, but they will say it. Like you know, yes. that's a really lovely environment to be in. So, the like the response to it is just thank you, isn't it? And then you take that as a note, and you you go and you do it again. Yes. Um, I yeah. don't think it has to be as deep as as
1: my nonsense can make it. <laughs> yeah. No, I am. I am exactly the same, Laura. Totally, and I find as well like. You know, you because if someone could give you 20 pieces of feedback, right, and 19 of them are brilliant, and they are singing your praises, you know what I mean? You're the best yeah. thing since sliced bread. And then they say, they could literally say something as, like, you spelt, um, you spelt dessert wrong in that email, like, six months ago, and then I'm going to spend the next three years of my life thinking about the fact that I spent it yes. wrong in that email. Like I said, so the job I'm in now, I have been there like t- nearly two and a half years, and I still remember the first mistake that I made, and then I went to the cinema and cried. And um, I would say I've probably made about five mistakes in the past two and a half years, and like they are ingrained in my yeah. soul. So yeah, but you've got to take the positives, haven't you? When you can. No,
0: absolutely, and I think it is as well. It's just it's just seeing everything for what it is. It's that perspective, isn't it? Like that was a really good thing. Bad stuff is going to happen too. We're just human. Like, none of it... None of it is that deep. It's just all about the moment. Whereas, so easily, I would, like, catastrophise it. Um. But, no. Yeah. I'm definitely getting better at it. But it's, it's a process.
1: We're on a journey. It's a process. We're all on a journey. We're all on a journey. Definitely. Fab. Okay. So, we've come to the end of the podcast now. So, we're going to end on an empowerment note. Um... I've chosen a quote for this week. I feel like this podcast has been quite deep this week. and um, I'm sorry to anyone, but it's about to go deeper with, <laughs> with why I'm gonna why I've chosen this quote. Um and I actually chose this quote before I chose my shredder thing. So my shredder thing, right, was a misuse of power. And what is my what are we gonna end on, Laura? My quote is never be so polite, you forget your power. So we've we've come back to power again, but in a different way. Um and I feel like this podcast is going to be over an hour, so apologies if it is. But I do want to explain the context behind this because that phrase actually means it, it means it means it means a lot to me. So yeah. I I want to explain that this is this is our place to share. So and everyone said we've been real, so I'm going to continue to be real. So. First of all, I'm a mega Taylor Swift fan, right, and she released a, she released the song uh, off her latest album, and it was called Marjorie, and I say, I loved Taylor Swift, it was a Friday afternoon, I didn't have any meetings on her album, it came out that day, so I was listening, listening through the album, and what I like to do with new albums is, I listen to it all the way through once, in the right order, so sort of on in the background, then I go back through and listen to sort of, you know, any key songs that sort of stood out to me again. And this is the first listen of this album. The song's called Marjorie. It's towards the end of the album. And I was just sitting here typing away at my desk and I was working on a a brief for a page. Um, And this song came on. And the line was, Never be so polite, you forget your power. And what the the story of the song transpires to be, it's a song that Taylor Swift wrote about her grandmother. And a lot of the song talks about how um, she she's not here anymore, but she still knows that she's she's still with her, and you know there's there's a line also that talks about how all them them things that she wanted to do, and the grandmother wanted to do, and she's not being able to do type of thing. So almost like, you know, Taylor Swift living them through here, and what sort of so that sort of impacted me and as I said I felt like I've been you know really getting in my own way previously and I've not actually recognized my own power to do the things that I want to do and um I suppose an emotional connection for me so my my mum passed away when I was four and she she was 33 when she died and I'm 20 I'll be 26 this year and what I've realized is that like time is precious and we don't know how long that we've got 33 is such a, is such a young age to die and if we don't if we don't recognize the things that we want to do and we don't you know recognize our own power and if we let people walk over us and and not achieve them things that we want to do, you know we don't know how much time we've got so we have to go out and we have to do them. So I suppose that you know that's a bit of a ramble here, but that line for the song really means a lot to me and I just want to encourage anyone like don't let people walk all over you and don't let people like take away your dreams because life is short and you've got to you've as we said at the beginning you've got to do the things that that you want to do so never be so polite you forget your power don't let people walk all over you and put them in the shredder if they do <laughs> there no, you go <laughs> that, i
0: think mean, that is absolutely bang on because it is such a thing where you can think oh the fact that i'm you know letting this person do as they need to and basically use you a little bit that's me being polite Mm -hmm. but it's not and it's not being fair on you either like politeness isn't being a pushover politeness is not is actively not being rude and you know take making time for people and all those sorts of things it's got nothing to do with yes you can do what you want to me like no yeah exactly
1: exactly it's yeah you can be you can be a nice kind friendly human being but that doesn't mean you have to let people walk all over you
0: exactly so yeah thank you all so much for listening to episode three um we're really as you know i know we keep saying this but it's the absolute truth so i'm not going to stop we are incredibly grateful for all of the support and engagement that we've received so far um we will be recording our next one um, the week after this goes out. So keep an eye on Instagram, either jesscorcoran.co.uk or laura mccann oh no laura oh. me One, 13 <laughs> as if i got my own one wrong. right <laughs> i right? it's priority came off the tongue people just, pleasing just, just good you yeah
1: yeah you tell them
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah head over to um instagram or like linkedin or twitter and you'll yeah. find us um because we'll be posting our topic next week and then you'll be able to
1: feature. If you do have anything to say as well, we've been using the hashtag Thrive and Well9 to Five and on Twitter. So if you do want to join in the conversation there as well, um, please feel free to get in touch. And as Laura said, like if you've liked this podcast, please leave us a lovely review. Oh, I'm exhausted. That was like a that was like a blah, but it was good. It was good. Hope everyone enjoyed. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks to EVAN Digital for the production of this podcast.